It is Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. It's good to have you with us here on Baseball Today. I see you're kind of in your Rams colors. Is that because you were celebrating Matthew Stafford's 34th birthday last night? Uh, it's not. I just needed a hat to throw on. It's oh. early in the morning, dude. I haven't like got myself already. So, mm-hmm. you know, this one was just right there. It looks good, though. Yeah. Did you text him happy birthday yesterday or no? Uh, I did not text him happy birthday yesterday. We were texting the day before. It's like too many texts. It's Super Bowl week. He's getting ready. You know, he doesn't need me to, to wish him a happy See, birthday. See, I, I think you're wrong there. I think a happy birthday text would have been very nice. Just, hey, just wanted to give you a happy birthday. You know, enjoy your week. Now you make me feel bad. I'll send him a belated text. How about that? Or better yet, send him this one. I am 364 days early for your 35th birthday. Here it oh is. Oh, my gosh. Now, that'd be funny. I'm just not trying if... to bother the guy. <laughs> no, no, no. Now, wait a second. In, in the biggest week of his professional life, you, you don't think he would laugh at that? I'm sure he would. Okay. Sure you would. Good. I'm funny, bro. You are. You're sneaky funny. Um, so here's the deal. We know that there's a lot still going on that the owners are having their three day powwow to try and figure out how to break the whole stalemate with the. It's a golf lockout. trip. We have made a decision here at baseball today. We want to start getting ourselves and more importantly, you as the fans of baseball ready for the 2022 season. It doesn't mean we're not going to talk a lockout. If something big happens or whenever this stops, we're going to be all over it. But right now, we're going to start previewing divisions. We're going to get you thinking about baseball. What needs to be done with these teams? What are the main storylines? Because we want to start talking about baseball. You think it's fun for us to sit here and talk about mediators and who's not presenting, you know, issues? That shit's not fun, Ploof. Sometimes I like it. I like to get dirty sometimes, but I agree. I want to talk ball players i want to talk you know the 2022 season which by the way pitchers and catchers should be reporting in a week right right so let's get it going we are going to start in the national league east and we'll ask a question about each team moving through so let's start with the defending world series champion atlanta braves and unfortunately braves fans it's a question you don't want to hear but john Heyman tweeted it out the other day that he said that the yankees interest in freddie freeman is very much real and that when the doors do open and the lockout ends, they're going to be hot and heavy after the Braves all-star first baseman. What percent chance do you give of Freddie Freeman leaving Atlanta for New York or elsewhere? Well, I'll answer your question in a second. First, I want to say we have to take any tweet by John Hayne with a, you know, was it a grain of salt? Yeah, but I, mean, know, I think, he, yeah, I think obviously it's there are teams that have, are interested in this guy. And I'll say this. The longer the lockout goes, the more teams are going to be in on him. And then once there is an agreement, if the C, uh, collective or competitive balance tax rises or the penalties decrease uh, and then the DH comes, that's going to uh, increase the suitors as well. So I, the Braves really screwed this thing up by not going totally. and locking him up already. I've said, I, I've said this on the show too. All these teams, they're looking at what they can do to improve. That's all they can do now is look at their roster. So there's a couple of things that, you know, are going to come into factor. I think he does end up ultimately back in Atlanta. I'll give it like a maybe like a 70% chance he's back in Atlanta. But like I was higher before. And, and guess what? Tomorrow I'll probably be at 69. If you feel me? I know Here, BBD does on that number. There you go. I mean, look, <clears throat> where's Matt Olson going to go? That's a big thing. If Matt Olson goes to the Yankees, obviously the Yankees are out. If Matt Olson, a Georgia boy, goes to Atlanta, Atlanta's out. 
The well, Dodgers gonna, are waiting in the wings. No, no, they would make what? they would make the Matt Olson trade not as a preemptive strike. I, I still think that my guess is if you were to ask you don't Alex know Anthopoulos, huh? You don't know that. Oh, I, if they're not willing to go to the sixth year, which is kind of what they're saying, if right. they're like, hey, we're not willing to do that. We know other teams are going to do it. So, Freddie, like, we got to, we can't miss out. We can't have the Dodgers okay. land Olsen and the Yankees land Freeman. And, and what do we have? Like, they have to get their ball club ready. Okay. So, real quickly, we, we both agree on the same thing that Atlanta has screwed this up, that there was no way <laughs> yeah. that, that they should have let this happen. They should have come to an agreement before the December 2nd lockout. We agree on that. I look at this from Freddie Freeman's standpoint. Yes, you want to get as much money for as long as you can, right? I understand all that. I think there's part of him that sits there and says, there are so few players in professional sports these days where you can play game one through the end of your career in one uniform. And I think he really believes he has a shot at doing that. You know, not even Tom Brady did it in football, right? Derek Jeter did it for 20 years in baseball, but it just doesn't happen a lot. David Ortiz didn't do it. Everybody thinks of him as a lifelong Red Sox. He didn't do it. So there's such a rare opportunity to be a staple. And he also understands that when you leave a place, you don't bring that goodwill with you. If he goes to New York, he is simply a free agent signing with a year and a dollar sign. And you damn well better bring us a World Series ring. We don't care how nice a guy you are. We don't care how much your son Charlie loves hitting wiffle balls. We don't care about that. In Atlanta, they do. They do. I think, they care I think, about Freddie Freeman, the person. I agree. I agree with that. And I used to be a huge proponent of, hey, let's stay on one team your entire career. You, because of what you said, you know, you build up a relationship with the fan base. It really means something to the city. But the, all of that can't fall on the player. No, no, you can't no have I agree. The, like the, the team has to, you know, let's bridge the gap. Like you can't have a player say, okay, I want to stay here, but like I have to take a uh, a thirty percent discount, like that's just not going to happen. So it's it's that. it's on it's on both of them. All I remember is Pablo Sandoval, who was an icon in San Francisco, left for what was it five years and ninety five million for Boston, and was miserable, and admitted he's like, I should have stayed in San Francisco, I should have. Yeah. So it's just you as an individual have to decide, is it worth it for me? You do, and and it's. I, I agree that it can't be all on the player, but ultimately it is. It really is. Because if the Braves say, here's what we got, five for 170. Let's just throw that number out there. Here's what we got, and that's it. Ultimately, you have to decide, is it worth it for me to uproot everything, including my baseball legacy, for X amount of dollars and more security? And there's no right or wrong answer, but that weighs on your mind. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I just, I hope Freddie's back in Atlanta. I hope okay. so, too. I really hope he is, but there's just a lot of things working against them now that weren't working against them pre-lockout. Right. All right, let's move on to the Phillies. Where do they need to improve the most in order to make sure that they're not wasting Bryce Harper's prime years? A couple places. Uh, bullpen's always been an issue for them. The last five mm -hmm. years, it's been an issue for them. So I think that has to happen. I also think they need to add a bat and fix – and not fix their outfield, fill their outfield. Right now, it's essentially just Harper out there. Mm -hmm. uh, I talked about this on uh, a Talking Baseball episode, a guy that I think fits perfectly over, there, perfectly over there, and I got this from the chat. That's why we love our chat. Chris Bryant. You reunite Chris and Bryce. Uh, they're playing the outfield together. He is an impact bat. He can play outfield. He is versatile enough to play all over the place. Whoa. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Do you think mentality-wise, Chris Bryant is a good fit for Philadelphia? Sure. The city. Sure. Why not? Why wouldn't he be? I think because he's kind of a docile personality. He's a sweet kid. He really is. But that town can treat you like a punching bag. Don't say that. I I said Philly fans are tough. I got I got. But it's true. That doesn't mean that's negative. That means they demand a lot out of their athletes. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, but I he's think, a superstar. He's a superstar, dude. Like he'll he'll perform anywhere he goes. See, I think you need a Nick Castellanos type. I think you need a bravado out there. I think you and I think Harper would welcome somebody like him too. I don't know. I think KB is a perfect fit out there. Oh. Uh, maybe that maybe they also get Sai Suzuki. They they love they did I know, not like that. I said he shouldn't go there. He's not gonna go there, but I'm saying they need to fill the outfield and Chris Bryant's the guy. It's interesting because if you go look at their depth chart, <laughs> Matt Veerling, who played at 34 games for him last year, is listed as their starting left fielder and center fielder. <laughs> That's how yeah, bad it is they, out there. They declined an option for Kutch, so Kutch is a free agent, right? and it's just Bryce out there right now. Right, no more Odubel Herrera. The problem is they've got a bottom five farm system. It's pretty much across the yeah. board. They're going to have to go the free agent route. They have to because they've screwed up the draft so severely in recent years that, and they can't trade because most people aren't going to want their trade pieces for the most part, for the most part. So, you know, I think they really wanted Starling Marte to fill that gap in center field. They're going to be really screwed at that position. The other area, bullpen, I think you pay for Kenley Jansen. I would do it. I know they paid uh, for Corey Knabel just on, I believe, a one-year deal, which is a good move. Mm -hmm. Andrew Chafin's a guy out there. Sneaky good. Sneaky good from the left side. Um, Go for it now. Do you know that they have the longest playoff drought in the National League now? It's been that's that's crazy. It'll be going on. They still have a nucleus like they can still get it done. And I want to present a scenario to you real quick. Yeah, let's Chris Bryant signs a long deal with the Phillies. Okay. Okay. Billy Bean takes his team to Las Vegas. In about five years, he trades for Bryce and Chris as they're aging, basically has Philly pay their entire salary. They came over, resurrect the career. Vegas boys come, World Series champs. That's amazing. Where's Joey Gallo in in that? And is Greg Maddox the pitching coach? Everybody, yeah. I might even work for the team by then. Yeah. Nice. Way to make my head spin on a Tuesday. Uh, New York Mets. We know they've already added Scherzer and Marte and Escobar and Canna. And then we've talked a few weeks ago about reports that they still could be fishing for uh, another bat and a starting pitcher. And they changed their coaching staff. Buck Showalter and his crew are now in there. Is there too much change for New York? Are they doing too much of a flip? I never even thought about that until you sent over the question. Uh, I mean, it's a lot for sure. I don't think it's a bad question. No, no. I mean, I just didn't really think of it. It's, it's, I think that will factor in a little bit. Like there has to be some cohesiveness within your locker room. And right now we're not really sure if it's going to happen, but I assume it will. Like, you know, a lot of the guys they signed are good clubhouse guys and, and Buck's a good clubhouse guy. Like he's the guy, he's, he's a guy that can come in and kind of get everyone together. Yep. Um, so I don't think I don't think it'll be a problem, but it'll be interesting to see how everyone connects with each other. Because talk to any team that wins, like a World Series or or has a great year. I mean, the first thing they mention is, "Oh, our clubhouse is so tight. Like we are so good together. We enjoy being around each other, and that's why we did what we did." Um, I I have a feeling it'll be like that because of the guys they've signed. They've signed 
you know, good dudes. Trevor Mays in there. He's a guy that can piece everyone together. Uh, Escobar is like the spark plug, the the energy that you need every day. And Kana is a guy like, I like what they've done. I think it'll work out. I, I'm excited for the lockout to end because I want to see who the Mets are trading. They have too many pieces right now. And is <laughs> Jeff McNeil going to hit the road? Uh, does Dom Smith, J.D. Davis? I mean, these are guys that have all at times proven themselves at the major league level and could help you know, patch some of the thin areas that the New York Mets have. And as far as the answer to the question, no, I'm okay with turning it on its head. I mean, the Atlanta Braves revamped their outfield at the trade deadline. I know that they were kind of desperate, but Anthopolis didn't have to do it, and he did. And it ended up working out for him great. You know, one guy wins the NLCS MVP, and one guy ends up being the World Series MVP that he traded for. So I'm all about change. This isn't about learning a new playbook like it is in the NFL. Like, I'm worried about that guy being on the same page as his quarterback. That shit don't happen. It's all about can the guys get together? Can they be good dudes in the clubhouse together? And can Buck kind of weave his magic? And I think the answer yeah. is yes. Yeah, I, the people will say, what, what does that matter? Like, front offices don't care about character. Look at all these guys running around, running around the league. And I'll say this. I would, I would get calls from multiple organizations about guys before they would trade for him. Hey, you played with this guy. How is he in the clubhouse? That's what they would ask me. They don't, they already know what he can do on the field. They want right. to know the background. Like, how is he going to fit in? Because you can have someone they can come in and, and, and ruin the vibe. So teams, not all teams, but a lot of teams care about that. Yep. Let's move on to the Miami Marlins. Is it time for Derek Jeter and Kim Ang to step on the accelerator and make more deals, upgrade their lineup, because their starting pitching feels like, yeah, this could be contender-ish. Uh, I, I would like to I would like to see them make another move, get an impact bat. But I think they kind of like the pieces they have, and they want to see these guys. There's some young guys um, who stepped up last year, like, uh, for instance, Jesus Sanchez. Yep. Like, if you looked at his numbers. Yep. Really good. Like, this is like a big boy that got him in a trade from the Rays. They got a lot of dudes from the Rays. Like, a lot of people who have played for the Rays are now playing for the Marlins. So, I think... Uh, Kim and Jeets are definitely looking to steal some of their guys. Uh, but one more impact bat. They're kind of stacked lefty, righty, good enough. So any uh, side works. Nelson Cruz, maybe on a one year deal, steps in the middle of the lineup. Okay. Some, that's some big boys. You got Garcia, uh, Jesus Aguilar, and, and Nelson Cruz, and also Jesus Sanchez. It'd be a big team with some boppers. I kind of I like that fit. Yeah. And remember, they added Joey Wendell in a trade. As yep. well, solid, you know, 740-ish OPS, um, plays really good defense. You know, it just feels like they're not – I don't know. I think everything would have to be perfectly aligned. I watched them a lot last year, obviously, because of Mel Miguel Rojas. And their offense was a really tough watch. It really was. And, like, if they could squeeze out, like, four and a half runs a game on average you feel like man with that pitching they'd have a shot but and now they're kind of middle of the pack farm wise because they had a bunch of guys that graduated right sanchez this, you talked about roger they still have five in the top 100 yeah um so i mean they, they have the farm system and i think i really think an, another year under some of these guys belt is going to pay dividends on the offensive side like more uh -huh. bats the more bats you get the better you're going to be Right. Uh, so, you know, jazz is going to jazz is going to take a step forward. I believe I, I really am looking at this guy. Hey, Sanchez. I didn't watch a lot of Marlins ball last year. Uh -huh. when I went to the depth chart. 
his name was there. I checked his stats. I mean, this guy can be a guy, right? It just feels like they're whatever they do this year, they're destined for a fourth place finish is what it feels like. That's all. I don't agree with that. You don't. Who, no. who might you have behind them? Philly? I don't I don't know, but I, a fourth place finish for this team, the way the pitching that they have and this lineup, who I think is going to take a step forward. I, I, I can't I don't see a fourth place there. OK, I hope I'm wrong. But yeah, you're right. There's there, there's actually there's some good teams in that division. I like we'll see. I root for them. I think they're fun. I, I'm rooting for Kim Ang to do her thing. Uh, I think, you know, if Derek Jeter is successful in his position, I think that's great for baseball. I'm rooting for it. And by the way, fourth place finish in this division, which I think is highly competitive, wouldn't necessarily be like terrible. Yeah, you're right. No, there, there's some good teams in this division. Yeah. I, All right. I see Washington. something better in their future. Unfortunately, Washington is in a top spot. <laughs> so they do have one of the studs in the game in Juan Soto. Are you worried that he's going to get the Barry Bonds treatment this year and walk like 600 times? I mean, he already kind of is getting it. So, yes, I'm worried about it. Last year, he led the league in walks. He led the league in intentional walks. He had. And by a, the way, it wasn't close. He had 145, and next in line, I think, was Gallo at like 111. Wasn't close. This dude had a 465 on base percentage last year. Like, he is getting the Barry Bonds treatment. It's only going to continue to get worse because, they. I mean, if you look at their, their lineup, I mean, no offense to the guys, but nobody's scarier than Juan Soto. So why would you pitch to him? I don't care. I mean, honestly, there's very few guys who you're going to say, I'll take my chance with Juan Soto. I mean, I, I could name maybe what one or two. So right. you, put him on, mean, you put him on a team like this. They're going to teams are going to pitch around him and pitch around him and pitch around him. And I'm curious to see, because he's been able to do it so far, but at some point he's going to get frustrated. He's going to start expanding his zone. I'm curious to see what, like what happens with Juan. It's um, this is really on Josh Bell if they keep him because there have been rumors that maybe he would be out on the market. I think this is his walk year, so he's got to produce like he did that 2019 first half with the Pirates where he was an all star and like a legit MVP threat. So if he doesn't, I don't know if he'll get to Bonds's 232 that he walked in 2004. It was funny because I had AJ Pruszynski recently on the podcast. That was his one year in San Francisco. He was hitting behind Bonds, so he was like. Well, of course, if you're a manager, are you going to pitch to Barry Bonds who can take you, who can click you on the one pitch that you throw him in the strike zone? Or are you going to go pitch to that slap dick behind him who's going to lead the league in grounding into double plays? He's like, yeah, I'd pitch to me too. So it sucks because I love watching Juan Soto, but maybe it'll make it even more fun because he's going to get so few pitches to hit that when he does and he hits some 586 feet, then we're all going to be like, that is the motherfucking dude. You know, I don't want to say this. I don't want to put this on Washington. I don't want this to turn. And it won't be because he's already won a World Series. But I don't want to turn this into Mike Trout East Coast no. status. You know, we don't want that. We need to see Juan Soto in the playoffs. They're in a really precarious situation with how they're going to you know, move forward. They have to keep him. You can't, like, trade him. Like, there's, no there's nobody that's going to give you enough value for Juan no. Soto. So you keep him, and you just got to hope that you find the right pieces to put around. You have to draft right. You have to trade right. And then when you feel like you're there, then you have to go sign your dudes. Like, they are in a tough, tough spot. Juan Soto for Fernando Tatis, straight up. Who says no? That's, that's, that's interesting. I got to think about that. Think right now. Who says no? I mean... I think Washington. 
I don't if is is Tatis going to be a shortstop? That's my question. Well, you you got to figure that out. If he's a shortstop, I'd say I would say Washington would take that deal. So you would say the Padres would say no. I wouldn't say the I don't think the Padres would say no either. You I, think both teams would do it if you know that Tatis is a shortstop for the foreseeable future? <laughs> I don't know. This is too heavy of a question for me this early in the morning. That's that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. I think I think the Nationals say no. I think Soto is going to be such a monster for years. You and I have talked about this, and I've talked with a lot of baseball people. I I can't ever remember a young person understanding the strike zone. I know, better I know, I know. You're Soto. right. He's 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 a better hitter than Fernando Tatis, no doubt about it. And the DH coming into the National League helps his future immensely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you just can't go wrong with either of these guys. I mean, Soto has the don't give me that offense. you can't go wrong with it. Give, make it fun. I, you know, I hate these hypothetical things. Soto's the better hitter overall, but Tatis plays a premium position. And does he play it that well? We're not so sure yet, but I don't know, man. It's tough. I take Soto. I would take Soto too. But I love Tatis. <laughs> that doesn't mean everybody always says, well, if you're taking one, that means you're dissing the other. No, that's okay. not true. As long as I we know like, that, people. You know, if somebody was like in the broadcasting world, I'd rather have, uh, uh, Bob Costas and Chris Rose, I'd be like, hell yeah, right. Me too. No shit. I'd like Bob Costas too. That doesn't mean that I'm a bad broadcaster. I mean, I happen to be a bad broadcaster, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. I mean, there's looking at their years last year. I mean, golly, you can't go wrong with these guys. I'm Baseball, hit you. can we please come back? Look at these freaking superstars that I we know. have that are young and marketable. Let's. All right. Last thing here. Did you see Adam Wainwright doing his thing? I believe at a charity function. We know that Adam Wainwright can pitch, but the man can sing too. Yes, I saw it. Not bad, huh? Right? Pretty good. For a pitcher, really good. <laughs> For a pitcher, really good. Hey, I'm not hating on the guy. He's better than I than I am. But I don't no think we need Stephen to give him like a record. You don't need to get like a record deal or anything. He's no Stephen Brawl, but it was solid. <laughs> uh, so real quickly, what is your hidden talent? Um, I got a couple, I guess, kind of hidden. I can jam a little bit. I like to play the guitar. In fact, I've been having Teddy uh, play his drum set. We've been like faux jamming oh, a little awesome. bit. And I'm like, you're going to get drum lessons. If he can play the drums and I can play guitar and we can just jam our whole lives, it'll make me like the happiest person. That's great. Um, other one, hacky sack. I'm good at that. And also riding like uh, my BMX bike freestyle. Like I can, I can do some feeble grinds and I can, I can get it going a little bit. All right. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, bro? I have very little talent, period, in any aspect of my life. I'm a horrible athlete, as people know. Um, You know, I can do this stupid thing with my hands where I clap. Are you ready? Yes. So it sounds it's going to sound ridiculous, but this is the um, I'll do something recognizable for for sports. This is the Fox Sports theme for all of their big events. You ready? 
Now, for those of you that are audio only, you have to get to our YouTube channel to fully appreciate the stupidity of what I just did. Um, I got a question. Yes. How did you figure out you could do that? So, excellent question. <laughs> I spent a lot of time, not shockingly, by myself as a child. And I just started doing it. And the best part was when I would do it in school, every kid thought they could do it. So at university school in Shaker Heights, Ohio, all these kids would be walking around school trying to do And they couldn't do make the sound that I could with my clapping. Um, and I just figured it out. That's incredible. I got to be honest with you. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was ready to just be not impressed. But I'm impressed, bro. Thank you. Tip of the cap. guy. And you know what? You have many talents, okay? Really? Wow. One of them is the ability to get a beautiful woman to marry you. I know. But she was really desperate. <laughs> Let's be honest. She'll be the first one to tell you that. Uh, what do you have coming up on John Boy? Uh, we got an episode tomorrow of Talking Baseball. We did yesterday. We uh, did a labor pod. And mm. we're kind of, again, we're the same way. We, we're sick of talking about labor. Yeah. So we have some fun coming out tomorrow. Uh, and that's it, man. We got um, you and me will be back on Thursday. Yes. Uh, Miguel Rojas, Christian Yelich episode is out. Really a lot of fun. Check it out. Um, Yelly was great on some stuff that he did in the offseason. I found out that he and Miguel Rojas have the same car. Ooh, that's nice. I yeah, it's I mean, real nice. You hear rich people talk about some rich people problems. Just mm. spin up that episode. Uh, and then we'll be back on Thursday and we're going to break down maybe the National League Central at that point. We'll move. That was fun there. today. Talking ball. Yeah. Isn't it nice? It's nice. Yeah. And we want to thank everybody for tuning in here to baseball today. Quick reminders. Anything you see that uh, we're wearing merch wise can be found at our John Boy Media shop. So go out and shop that. I just got a healthy box sent my way. Nice. So the entire Rose family is clad in John Boy Media gear. So go get yourself some. And thank you very much for tuning into baseball today. Special shout out to the one and only Robbie Scirocco, who puts this thing together. For T. Plouffe, I'm Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today. Go, owners! Make a presentation so we can end the stupid lockout! Good luck on your golf game.